Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast by Ugly Ventures. I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, and the co-founder at Ugly Ventures, a place where entrepreneurs like you can find the tools and capital to grow your business. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Marketing for Startups show. I'm Victoria Hajar. I'm so glad that you're here. We are on the second week of this six-part series to stop overwhelm in your marketing department, and we're going through all the stages of the client value journey. So last week, we were discussing the awareness phase, which is the first step of the client value journey. It is when you are reaching new audiences and sort of getting people into your world and to know about your brand and hopefully having them click on through to your website or to your social media platform. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and get back to that. That's number episode 33, I believe. And I really suggest you starting there. Today, though, we're moving on to the second phase of the client value journey. And this is all about engaging. So once you get that new audience, once you get those new eyeballs into your business, into your world, we need to make sure that they are leaving you their email address, essentially, because this is going to be the way that you can continue to message them, to warm them up, to ask for the sale. This is essentially how you're going to be selling them is with their email list. And I know that I've said this many, many times on the podcast, but it is true. Your only asset in your business is your email list. It is the biggest, biggest piece of uh, valuable piece of, 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 I don't know, anything that you have in your business is your email list. And the reason for it is that the context on social media, your followers that you have on Facebook or Instagram or your connections on LinkedIn, you do not own them. Okay. So if anything were to happen to any of those platforms, you do not have access to those people anymore. Or heaven forbid, one day Instagram said, oh, we're going to charge you to sign into your business account just to sign into it. How many businesses would completely go under if they couldn't, if they couldn't afford that, if they couldn't be, be able to sell to those people on, on social platforms? So I really, really am urging you to pay extremely close attention to not just your followership, because your followership is not, A, they're not going to see the messaging that you're putting out probably 99% of the time because of the way the algorithms work. The, the social media platforms essentially block your followership from you and only maybe about two to 5% of your followers actually see the stuff you put out. So there's that. Um, but also, you know, you don't, you can't control uh, your communication with them like you can with email. And so in the marketing world, we call the email marketing the cockroach of email because since the beginning of email, right, since the beginning of the internet, uh, email marketing has consistently been the most effective form of marketing for converting into sales. And so you're going to want to make sure that you're super conscious of not just getting new 
people to know of your brand, right? That's just brand awareness. We want to be able to have a vehicle for those people to take action and actually buy your product or service. And having their email address is extremely important. So in the engagement phase, you want to make sure that you're baking in to that landing page that those contacts first see you, right? And your brand, you're baking into that landing page, something that's going to really add value and pique the interest of those potential clients so much so that they're willing to exchange their email address for that piece of content. And so this can come into in many, many different forms. And I'm sure you're very aware of all the ways in which people are using lead magnets to convert you to give you their, uh, for you to give them their email address. So some examples of lead magnets are, you know, downloadable PDFs, promotions or discounts. A lot of times you have to exchange your email for promo code, um, quizzes. And I'm going to give you a really good example of quiz that I think is just very clever. Um, checklists, audio books, chapters of books, full free Kindle books, uh, and tons of other stuff gives giveaways and contests. So anything that you put here, you need to really be getting into this to the mind of your client avatar or who your clients actually are. Um, because you really want to make sure that this piece is effective. This really drives the rest of the client value journey because you're not going to be able to invite these people in a consistent way to purchase your service or product through either creative campaigns or through discounts or added value stuff, unless you have their email address, right? Because as I mentioned before, if you put these sales or campaigns or things through social media, you're only going to be reaching a very small percentage of your followership. So it really is much, much more worthwhile to focus on building your email list. So with that, um, I want you, again, the tip that I gave in the last, uh, in the last episode on awareness was pay attention to what other people are doing. Seriously. If you are exchanging your email for anything online, make note of what that is. Do you really feel attracted to these downloadable PDFs and checklists? Do you, you know, have you seen brands doing things that are super duper clever that you want to implement in your business? Just keep a list because if you keep this list, then you can take a, a moment at the beginning of your quarterly planning or your yearly planning to choose what's going to make the most sense for your business. What I see a lot of founders doing is like seeing something cool that another brand is doing and then like immediately wanting to implement it, like whether or not it makes sense for their clients or their business, right? Um, or they just are like blindly copying things and then things get a little bit boring. Like one example, I was working with a sunglass brand and Ray-Ban had done something that was really cool. If you've seen it, it was like one of those wheels, like those roulette table wheels that you see at casinos where it has, you know, you can spin it and then you get a number and then you get a prize. So Ray-Ban had done that on their website and you spin it and then whichever thing you land on is either like a discount or free shipping or like a buy one, get one or whatever, like a different kind of promo. And then for the next six months after that, you know, this brand I was working with wanted to implement that. And then I noticed like so many other brands doing it. And I said, well, this isn't really clever. This is getting a little bit 
boring, right? Because everyone's doing the same thing. So you want to be conscious of getting inspiration from other brands, but not copying them. And I think it's more beneficial to sort of take the inspiration and then see how you can put your own spin on it, right? So this brings me to one of my favorite examples and a brand that's been following me for months because they did this very well. So there's a women's undergarment brand called Third Love and they do, their whole brand is about customized bras. Like they built this business, the the female founder of this business, who I don't remember what her name is, built this business because she thought that the options available to women were not, were not really ideal. There weren't bras that were created really by women for women that dealt with a number of different issues that women have like different size boobs and like the straps fall down or, you know, customizing each piece of the bra and all of these things. And so she built this company around that idea and it's become really, really popular. And I haven't ordered one yet, but I heard about them through a pod, an advertisement while I was listening to a podcast, which actually is, I think, really effective way to advertise, if that makes sense for your business. But I had gone onto the website and they have, the first thing you see when you get into the website is a quiz. And it's not, you know, it's basically saying like, let us help you find your perfect size, your perfect bra, sort of doing a little bit of education on, uh, you know, the different, the different factors that they're going to really like understand after giving you this quiz. And what's really clever about the quiz, and I don't know, I mean, for any women out there, if you've ever tried to get sized for a bra Victoria's Secret, you have these like kind of, I actually worked at Victoria's Secret one time in my life. We have these like suits on that are really awkward and you've got these like long measuring tapes and you have someone basically like feeling you up to figure out what your bra size is. And it really, it's, it's a kind of like a not very good experience. So they take that sort of concept of bra fitting, which at Victoria's Secret is just a measuring tape. And they put it into a quiz, but the quiz is really, really nuanced. So even if you're a guy, I would really suggest going and looking at this quiz because just understanding like how clever they are in extracting the different, the different questions they ask. Like you can tell that this quiz is inextricably linked to their brand promise and their pillars and their values because they go way deep into shapes of breasts, how far apart they are, you know, what bras you're currently wearing, what do you experience? Do you experience that the straps fall down? Do you experience that it's too tight here? Do you experience that there's gaps in the, in the cup and all these things you going through a quiz of maybe it's like 15 questions, right? Um, and it's just really well done. And then at the end of the quiz, you have your size and your the, the bras that they suggest for you. But last time I spoke, uh, the last episode I spoke about segmenting, right? And this is, if you could create a way um, through your lead magnet to segment your audience is also a really great strategy. Because after I took the third love quiz, now for months and months, I've been receiving completely tailor-made messages about the bra 
that about my bra size. So they'll put like, even in the subject line of my, of the emails to me, you know, my bra size, right? Like, Hey, Victoria, bra size this. And you know, this is the perfect bra for you. Now we have it in new colors. So they continue that thread and what, what you're, I mean, and I'm going to buy a bra from these people. It's just a matter of when I just haven't pulled the trigger because the thing is, is in this process, they're building that like, no, and trust factor so much because you really feel taken care of. You're like, these people really care about my boobs. They really care. They know my bra size. You know, when I go into Victoria's Secret or La Perla or whatever, this woman doesn't know what my bra size is and going to, you know, without having to feel me up with her measuring tape. Um, so it's the attention to detail, the way that the quiz is created and that opportunity to put a tag, you know, once that person gave you the email address, they get certain quiz results. There's a lot of clever things you can do with your CRM with like your client email management system. You can put certain tags on them. So, you know, okay, well that's Victoria and that's her bra size. And that's the perfect bra size for her shape of her body and all these things. And then all of the emails are geared towards me have that information in there. And it's just a reminder that, you know, this company knows my boobs. So, I think that there's really great opportunity to get super creative with the engage convert stage. Um, ways that you can implement this kind of segmentation just with like a downloadable PDF is for businesses that have like a number of services, for example, or a company that has a certain a number of products, you could create like two to three of these lead magnets, depending on which product or service it may match with. And then you can keep a tag on that content, uh, on that contact to remember, right? How they came to you and what they're most interested in. And then you could start just sending them communication about that particular product or service. Because if you do things in that way, you're gonna get like a higher likelihood that they're going to take action on, uh, on your, when you start to invite them, right? Cause you, the, the more nuance and more, tailor-made, you can make that invitation, the higher uh, percentage the contact's going to convert at, right? Because they're going to feel that you're really talking to them and addressing their needs. And along the way, it gives you the tools for the next stage, which is the nurture stage. And we're going to talk about that next week because I'm really trying to put this into really bite-sized chunks for you. Um, but if we understand the more information we can glean from the contact, and the, the more specific we can get on about the content that we create, the better the content's going to perform, right? The better your conversion rates are going to be. So really take a think about this. But again, you could do anything. You know, this could be as simple as just a promotion, um, promotional. Um, you know, it's really effective if you're e-com and you're just wanting to exchange a um a certain percentage discount. And by the way, with third love, after you take the quiz, they did offer a 20% discount. And so it's just a, it's an easy way for people to say yes. Right. Because they're already kind of getting to know and like your brand. And now there's this discount. And while I didn't act right away in the third love, cause I just like had bought some new bras, um, they're keep, they keep this communication. They're nurturing me and they keep kind of giving me this discount code every couple of weeks. So that's why I know next time that comes up, I'll probably buy one of these brows. Um, but again, get clever, get clever. And 
you can test things out. Again, it's going to take time. And I feel like this is what I always say about marketing. It's all about testing. And in this particular situation is a really good uh, opportunity to do A-B testing. So A-B testing in its simplest form is like, let's take two ideas and let's put one idea out for a couple weeks. And then let's put another idea out for a couple weeks and see which performs better. And you can keep doing that um, because in the client value journey system, at the end of it all, what you're going to be really paying attention to is the conversion rate at each part of the journey. And so from the awareness phase to the engage phase, you really want to be paying attention to, okay, from the amount of people that click to my website, right? Right. So they're aware of my brand. They click to the website. How, what percentage of people are converting into giving me their email address? And you want that always to be an increasing number, right? Because that's something that you can take action on. And really increasing that conversion rate could be as simple as changing what that lead magnet is, changing the copy of, you know, what that pop-up is. If you're saying, oh, download this PDF, you know, maybe the words that you use to describe what they're getting could be improved by improving the copy or maybe the visuals of what the actual pop-up looks like or the little, you know, little section of your website to download or do the, or take the quiz or whatever the design could be improved. There's a lot of ways that you can have now control over the performance of that part of the client value journey. And this is, this is really what's going to stop the overwhelm because Understanding your conversion rates and the things that you can do to affect the conversion rate to improve it is going to give you so much relief because what it does is it begins to direct you where to put your time, energy, efforts, money um, in your business, right? Because if you want to prove the conversion rate of something, if you can't do it on your own, you get experts to help you do whatever you need to do to get that conversion rate where you want it to be. And we're going to talk a lot more about conversion rates because it's going to become more and more important as you move, as your clients move through the client value journey. So I hope this was helpful for you. And I just can't wait to hear your comments. So please don't hesitate to leave some comments on the website, uglyventures.com, on the blog post, the show notes here. There's places to comment or you can always send me messages on LinkedIn or whatever. But I really think this is super important process for all businesses to go through and it is going to save you a lot of headaches and a lot of wasted time if you can really, really start to connect and understand the client value journey because they're going on it, whether you design it or not, the clients are moving through it. So let's consciously design it and let's get you more contacts on your email list and eventually more sales and revenue in your business. Okay, next week, it's all about nurture. I'm so excited to talk about this one and I hope you will join me again. Thank you for stopping by today and have a great day. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Marketing for Startups podcast and for sticking around till the end. It would mean so much to me if you could like and subscribe to this podcast. It's a great way of telling the world that this podcast has content worth listening to. And remember, you could always reach me at LinkedIn at Victoria Hager or at UglyVentures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week.